0: Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. We're getting back into the swing of things here on the show, and we've got a number of great and weird episodes in various forms of production. But looking ahead to 2019, we're going to be hosting another flash fiction contest in January. No, the theme hasn't been picked yet. We've got a few great options, but feel free to send along your topics. And stay tuned to the end of the show when we'll have more details about the Patreon-exclusive podcast coming in November. Today's story was narrated by Francisco Ruiz. Francisco is a Christ apprentice, husband and father of two. By day, he is a web designer, but by night, he is a podcaster, Twitch streamer, and aspiring pixel artist. Find his podcast at RetroRewindPodcast.com. Watch his live streams at twitch.tv backslash RetroRewindPod. And hire him to make your pixel art at RetroRewindPodcast.com backslash Fiverr. The links are in the show notes. And be sure to go check out Retro Rewind Podcast. It's one of my personal must-listen-to shows. Our story today was written by Adam David Collins. Adam David Collins is an author of speculative fiction. He lives in Tasmania, Australia with his wife Linda and his two children. Adam draws inspiration for his stories from his overactive imagination, his life experiences, and his faith. Adam is a great lover of stories, enjoying them in books, movies, scripted TV, and computer games. Adam discusses these along with his monthly Christian science fiction and fantasy bulletin on his YouTube channel. Adam and his wife are passionately involved with Door of Hope Christian Church, and Adam has served in ministry areas such as live streaming video production and serving meals to the homeless. Adam's stories have been published by Bear Publications and By the Light Books. You can connect with Adam at his website, www.adamdavidcollings.com, and Adam is the author of Jewel of the Star, Episode 1. And by the way, today's story takes place in this same universe. Check out the show notes for all the direct links. Today's story was first published in the anthology Glimpses of Light Stories and Poems of Imagination and Hope, edited by Jeanette O'Hagan and Nola Passmore. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present A Light to My Path by Adam David Collings and narrated by Francisco Ruiz.
1: Archer White stormed through the night, his shoes crunching the coarse gravel. All three moons lit his path, pretty bright for almost midnight. He kicked a stray stone. The lightweight rock soared into the distance. It was easy to forget that gravity was slightly less than Earth's standard here on Savannah. But little things like kicking a rock were good reminders. What a tough day. Joe's mistake had been the last straw. Walking out here alone always helped Archer clear his head. Nothing brought back the awe of being on another world than the moonlit night. A howl echoed through the plane. Archer's heart seized. There was a skin about. He stopped and looked around for the source of the noise. It seemed to be coming from somewhere behind and to the right of him. He took a few cautious steps. Everyone else called them wolves because of the howling. That was stupid. The alien marsupials had little in common with the canines of Earth, other than their noise. They didn't even have fur. He gripped his heavy battery-operated torch in his left hand. It had seemed a little silly to bring it on a bright night like this. Good thing he was a master of silly. The torch would make a hefty weapon if necessary. Should he turn around and go back? At this point, he'd rather face a hungry skin than Madeline and the others. Maybe the skin just wanted some fresh air like he did. Footsteps scratched to his right. His mouth went dry. It was closer now. The creature was hunting him. He glanced over his shoulder. Nothing. Archer gripped the torch tighter and took a few more steps, glancing left, then right. The skin could be hiding behind any one of those rocks. Or shrubs. He shouldn't have come here alone. Another scratching sound. This time almost directly behind. He turned. There was a low shrub. Archer locked eyes with the plant as he ambled backward. Come on, what are you waiting for? Jump out and face me, you coward. Should he run? No, not yet. A skin could run down a man with little trouble. Madeline had clocked them at 30 kilometers an hour. The shrub rustled. This was it. Archer stood his ground, torch raised to strike. A mass of sinew and skin dove out on thin muscled legs. It leapt for him. He brought the torch down hard, crack, right on the skull. The skin whimpered and staggered back. It glared at him with eyes of fire, its fangs bared. Now, while it was stunned, Archer spun and sprinted, still gripping his makeshift weapon. Pause scratched the gravel behind. It was getting closer. He risked a quick glance over his shoulder, just a meter behind. He started to turn again as something gave way under his foot. He toppled forward, Archer flailed his arms to break his fall, but found nothing but empty air. His chest smacked the ground. All there, evacuated his lungs. Shock waves tore through his torso. Pebbles dug into his cheek. He'd fallen into a hole. Archer groaned and pushed himself onto his side. The skin stared back from the surface, about six meters above. It growled and salivated, eyes flashing. He tested his ankle. It was okay. Good. Last thing he needed was a sprained ankle. Come on, mate. Archer called to the beast. I bet you couldn't jump down here without getting hurt. You'd fare better than I have. He climbed to his feet, the skin clawed at the edge of the hole. He snickered. Of course. Then you'd be stuck down here with me, wouldn't you? Sucks to be you, mate. As Archer laughed, pain shot through his chest, cutting him off. He switched on his torch and shone it around his surroundings. The chamber was a rough circle with a diameter of around 10 meters. The ceiling of the chamber curved upward toward the hole he'd fallen through, roughly in the center. There was no way to climb up, and only one tunnel that wound down into the rock heading north, away from home base. The skin growled, then retreated from the hole. "'Yeah, give up and run,' Archer called. The chamber filled with silence. Now what?' Maybe he shouldn't have taunted the skin. It had been his only company. Hello? He called. Anyone up there? Of course there was no answer. Everyone was at home base. Nobody would follow. They knew to give their leader space at times like this. Eventually they'd send a search party, but not until morning. By then he'd be hungry and possibly frozen. Common sense suggested he wait here to be rescued. This is where they'd find him but the tunnel almost certainly led back to the surface somewhere. They always did. Archer wasn't spending the entire night in this hole. No way. Torch held out. He entered the tunnel. There was no natural light, but it was surprisingly warm. If he didn't make it out, at least he'd have shelter. He kept the torch beam at his feet as he walked, but he couldn't help shining it up to survey his surroundings occasionally. The walls of the tunnel were smooth, not like glass, but not rough jagged rocks either. This whole system had probably been carved out by water. Stumpy mushrooms grew on the walls. That was new. They had not found any plant life in previous tunnels. Could be worth a look with a proper team in the morning. Archer sighed. This whole situation was Joe's fault. If he hadn't screwed up, then Archer wouldn't have felt the need to take a late-night walk. Being the leader on an expedition like this wasn't easy. Madeline, his second-in-command, and resident astrobiologist reckoned he was being too hard on the kid. But the fact was, Joe might have destroyed the evidence that they were looking for. Well, the evidence Archer was looking for. It seemed the old maxim was true. If you want something done right... The others in his team had no vision. They just wanted to conduct the planetary survey and go home with a bunch of dry data. What was the point of that? Archer wanted more. He wanted to make the history books. The survey team on Kepler-22 had found ruins of a long-gone civilization. He wanted to make a discovery like that, too. They needed to treat this planet delicately, like an archaeological dig, if they expected it to give up its secrets. Archer took a deep breath. Was the air getting a little thin down here? Every now and then, a tunnel forked into multiple directions. He'd have to be careful. It would be easy to get lost down here. Although if it got too confusing, he could always backtrack and wait out the night in the hole. Each time Archer chose what looked like a major route, the wider tunnel, the one that seemed to lead upwards rather than down. In the end, it was all arbitrary. Who knew which of these tunnels would lead to the surface? The plains above were filled with caves that connected with the underground tunnels. Archer stumbled and plummeted forward. As he collided with the hard rock, he dropped the torch and it went out. No! It would be a disaster if he got stuck down here without a light. He groped for the torch, his fingers brushing against it. Grabbing it, he flicked the switch. It came back on. He blew out a long breath. Turning, he shone the light where he'd fallen. The path had dropped down about a meter and a half a little cliff. He'd not been looking where he was going. Climbing back up there would be near impossible. He was committed to the caves from this point onward. Archer sighed and continued forward. What would Dad think of him right now? He'd never said it outright, but the old man had been disappointed in Archer's choice of career. Not like Braxton. His brother had followed the family tradition straight into the military. If Braxton were stumbling around in the dark tunnel in the middle of the night, it would be for a good reason— He'd be on some mission to save lives. Not Archer. He was here because he'd been moody and careless. Something scampered above Archer's head. He sprinted forward a few steps, then turned and shone the torch above the point he'd just been. He gasped. A cave spider. Its body about the size of two fists, little fella. Archer stumbled back several more paces, deeper into the cave. The creature scurried away from the light of his torch. They hated light. The cave spiders, they really needed a better name, as the creatures actually had ten legs, had a mild venom which slowed rather than killed their prey, but they'd attack and eat pretty much anything. They had attacked humans before. This was all he needed. Those things gave Archer the creeps. Madeline said the spiders were attracted to sound. He'd have to take softer footsteps. Archer took a minute to slow his breathing. He was okay. The spider had retreated. As long as he kept quiet and shone the torch about, they'd keep their distance. He turned and continued on, one foot, then another. His limbs were heavier than they'd been a minute ago. Maybe it was a trick of his eyes, but there seemed to be a light coming from up ahead. Archer ambled forward a little and then switched off his torch just for a second. Yes! There was a faint glow. He switched the torch back on and swung it around his surroundings, he glimpsed a tree and spider. Stay away. He kept walking. After another twenty or so paces, the tunnel opened into a vast chamber. Up ahead, about fifty meters away, there was an opening. Best of all, the tunnel sloped gently toward the surface. Moons lit shone through the cave mouth. He grinned. He'd made it. Archer swept his torch about the chamber. A huge chasm separated him from his escape route. It was far too wide to jump. His heart plunged. So close. He stepped up to the chasm. So deep he couldn't even see the bottom. So much for that. Archer collapsed on the ground in a heap. There were several tunnels near the cave. Something in the system would connect him to where he needed to be. There was a way out, but could he find it? A guide would be really handy right now. Somebody who knew the area. Sadly, there was nobody down here to help. If he was going to find his way out, he'd have to do it alone. Archer stood and turned to go back the way he'd come. Archer really should have stayed in the hole and waited. It would be so easy to get lost in this maze, but he was so close. He knew there was a way out now. He just had to pick the right tunnel that would take him past the chasm. What would Madeline have done? She was the rational one, though he'd never admit that to her face. She kept him in check like a good second should. He shone his torch back toward the way he'd first come. If only he hadn't made that second fall down to the lower level, then he'd have had choices. Archer chose a tunnel at random. It didn't really matter which one. The choice would be right or wrong. He'd only find out by trying. The tunnel he chose sloped steeply downward. His foot caught a rock and he stumbled. He grabbed the wall of the tunnel. It was slick with moisture. This place could kill him. He'd have to be even more careful. Your word is a lamp to my path. Where had that come from? That quote circled around in his head. Was it from the Bible? Yeah, that was it. One of those verses he'd memorized as a kid. Man, he hadn't thought about the Bible in years. His grandfather had insisted he and Braxton both go to church for a few years of their childhood. Their parents were pretty blase about it, so eventually they just stopped sending them. Why was it coming back to him now? Archer shrugged. It was appropriate in a way. Stumbling around here with nothing but a torch wasn't easy. Something to light up the whole path would be fantastic. A word. Could hardly do that, though. What a strange verse. Was he remembering it correctly? Your light is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Yes, that was it. Funny he'd remembered that particular verse with such clarity after, what, 25 years? The mind did weird things under stress. It went looking for comfort. It had found that comfort in a forgotten religious book from his childhood. Whatever. Cave Spires still scampered about in the dark. His hands were growing slick, his temples throbbed. How he hated those things. White noise sounded from ahead. As he continued walking, it increased in volume. After a while, the sound gained definition. Rushing water. There was an underground river down here. Archer grimaced. The last thing he wanted was to get wet. The tunnel took him down until it opened into another chamber. This one had tall walls that reached higher than his torch could illuminate. A river rushed past dipping down a squat waterfall to the right. On the other side of the river, the tunnel climbed upwards. Little feet skittered about, above. Archer shone the torch around. Cave spiders, lots of them. They were probably attracted by the sound of the water. Okay, Okay, don't freak out. As he passed the torch beam over them, some hissed and scampered above. There were too many of them though. He wasn't scaring them away, he was just stirring them into a frenzy. He brought the torchlight back down to the ground. Crossing the river was probably a bad idea. Maybe he should go back and try another way? This had to be the right way, though. The bottom of the chasm he'd seen earlier. It might be the only place he could cross. That tunnel on the other side probably climbed all the way up to the surface, Freedom. But to reach it, he'd have to brave the river and the spiders. Archer closed his eyes and took a deep breath. Might as well get this over with. He stepped into the water and waded slowly. The force of the wire tried to push him downriver, but it wasn't so strong that he couldn't resist. Plop, the cave spire dropped into the water. Archer screamed. Purple light flashed from somewhere. Those things could swim? He waded faster, not fast enough. The cave spire swam right up to him. He shone his torch at the creature. It swam away, buying him a few more steps. Plop, plop, plop more were dropping from all directions. Archer couldn't shine the light at all of them. He swung the torch wildly, skimming the surface of the water. It seemed to be keeping the spires at bay. He was nearing the other side, just a few more steps. Come on, you can do it. He just had time to climb up the rocky bank now. Plop, the cave spire dropped right in front of him, blocking his path. He swung with the torch. It collected the spire and set it sailing away. Clunk. The torch smashed into a rock on its follow-through. The light flickered for a second. Not good. Archer scrambled out of the water. He turned around and shone the torch at the river. The spires swam away from its light. He spun and sprinted into the tunnel, climbing his way up toward freedom, leaving the spider chamber behind. He'd made it! Archer stopped running and took a few breaths. He bent forward and allowed the stress to drain from his body. The torch flickered again and went out, plunging Archer into complete darkness. Archer shook. He gasped for short, sharp breaths. It was pitch black. He tapped the torch on the ground a few times. Nothing. He'd never get out of here if he couldn't see. He'd trip or fall down another chasm and kill himself, and the cave spiders. There'd be nothing to scare them away. He couldn't do this. He was going to die. He crouched down, his limbs trembling. He'd made so many mistakes tonight, leaving the base in a huff, Falling into the hole, missing the drop down, the little cliff. Mistakes. Just like Joe. Archer was no better than the boy. Maybe the boy was no worse than him. If he died down here, would Madeline miss him? Where did that come from? Could it be he felt... No. She was a colleague. Maybe a friend. He didn't see her as... Or did he? Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. There it was again, that stupid quote. It mocked him. Archer formed fists and gritted his teeth. He wasn't going to die of a panic attack. If he was to die, he'd die on his feet, trying to escape. He stood on shaky legs. A dull ache permeated his chest. Reaching his arms out in front, he took an uncertain step. Then another. He took two more steps and then his fingers brushed rock. Okay, a wall. Archer turned a little to the left and started walking again. Perhaps if he hugged the rock wall, of course that wouldn't help him avoid obstacles on the ground, he needed a stick like blind people used. Your word is a lamp indeed, he scoffed. The tunnel lit up. For a moment, it was bathed in purple light. The string of spider legs retreated behind him. The light faded plunging the tunnel into darkness once again. Huh? Your word, he said, and the tunnel lit up, then darkened again after a second. This was crazy. Your word is a lamp. This time he managed to catch the source of the light. It came from many places concentrated in little orbs stuck to the rock walls. There was one close to him. Your word is a lamp to my feet. He kept repeating the words like a mantra. As long as he spoke, the light stayed. He stepped forward to examine the source. A rubbery projection grew out of the rock. The mushrooms he'd seen earlier. This had to be a form of bioluminescence. He stopped speaking. The light faded. He clapped his hands. Nothing. He cleared his throat. A little dim glow. Coo! He called. The tunnel lit up. These plants were not only bioluminescent, they were triggered, or perhaps powered, by sound waves, specifically the sound frequencies of the human voice. Astounding! Dr. Fisk in the botany department would have a field day with this. Archer strode forward. The ache in his chest was gone, his eyes stretched wide. Your words is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. One, two, three, one, two, three... He kept talking. Whenever he couldn't think of anything to say, he'd go back to coin the Bible verse. After all, it had led him to this discovery. Up and up he climbed. His legs were getting heavy and his mouth incredibly dry, but he kept going. Finally, after what felt like an hour or two, he reached the opening. There it was. He was at the mouth of the cave on the other side of the chasm. He stopped talking and ambled forward just a few more steps. He rose up onto the surface and stared at the sky he was free it was dawn he'd been stumbling through the tunnels all night archer smiled at the bright red sun cresting the hills in the distance never had it been so beautiful he collapsed onto the ground and let his body relax it only took about half an hour for his colleagues to spot him from the air a light skimmer flying a search pattern then he waited for the truck to arrive it pulled up next to him madeline jumped out archer are you okay I'm good. Just a bit of hurt pride. I guess I'm kind of an idiot. Madeline shrugged. Well, you said it. I'm just glad you're all right. She reached her hand down toward him. He took it and allowed her to pull him up. I fell down a hole. I've been stuck underground all night. Found my way up, though. Was all good until my torch died. Madeline's eyes widened. How'd you find your way out of there alone in the dark? It's funny but I don't think I did it alone. as kind of guided. Madeline scoffed. Guided? By whom? Archer smiled. Somebody I haven't thought about in a very long time. Madeline stared blankly at him as Joe approached.
2: Oh, Dr. White, I'm so sorry about...
1: Archer clapped Joe on the shoulder. Don't worry about it, kid. You're not the first person to make a mistake. Maybe you just need someone to guide you. He grabbed the handhold on the truck and pulled himself up onto the vehicle. Now come on, you lot. Time to get back to base. We have work to do. Archer took his seat in the vehicle. Madeline climbed into the driver's seat and powered up the engine. Looks like your time down in those caves really has changed you. In more ways than you could know. Archer leaned in and gave her a peck on the cheek. She turned, looked at him with dinner plate eyes. Had he gone too far? Crossed some unspoken boundary in their relationship? he just destroyed their friendship? A hint of a smile curved Madeline's lips. She turned away quickly. As the truck lurched forward, Archer grinned and took one last look at the caves. His night down there was an experience he would never forget.
0: that was our story. I hope you liked it. Between the last story and this one, we apparently have a spider theme going on. Before we go, remember that this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. And a huge thank you to our patrons. Beginning in November, patrons on our Patreon page will gain access to an exclusive podcast which will feature some unproduced works by myself, and much-requested conversation about our produced stories between myself and a co-host. More details to come. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, Fred Heimbach, Clayton Webb, Parker J. Cole, Lauren Van arendonk Ba, Spirit Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, and Nathan and Casey Butler. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, those things can swim.
2: I'm gonna run, 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 till I found you